This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, the bird with the crystal plumage. All the screaming in the world won't help. So long. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And of course, there's no horse lanta. He is uh, getting things reattached at the glue factory. I think that that's how that works, right? Yeah, that's that's why it's the glue factory, because they glue yeah, stuff they, back on the horses. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And the horse lantas specifically. So yeah, we are we are in a horse lanta drought. It will end eventually. Yeah. But we You'll have to suffer through without him for a couple more weeks, I believe. I know. We're all sad. Yeah. Who will invade my personal space and (laughs) say things about how my various things smell? (laughs) Who's going to talk about Chris's dick if it's not Horse Lanta? (laughs) Hopefully no one. (laughs) I I wasn't really planning on it. I mean, I mean, it, it's not a Neil Breen movie, so I'm not going to make fun of your dick. That's 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 the criteria for me to make fun of your dick, Chris, is you have to show me a Neil Breen movie. Oh, OK. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I believe that's the last time I actively made fun of your penis. <laughs> and boy, there's some stuff that needs interrogated <laughs> there, but I don't know if this is the right format. I was very, I think I was very angry, but didn't realize it about that movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it I have was... since apologized. I, it is on record. It is recorded that I have apologized to you for that. <laughs> it was a big ask to ask a <laughs> rational human being to watch that much Neil Breen. Yeah. I will admit. In a row. That was the worst part. We can't all be Breeniacs. Brainiacs. <laughs> it was not a big brain move, that's for certain. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Neil Breen. Yep. And we were, we watched a Dario Argento movie as suggested to us by Kylie. Thank you, Kylie, for suggesting us a movie so long. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was it was a movie film. And speaking of this movie film, Chris, how did this movie film start? Uh, we see mystery black gloves doing totally not weird typewriter nonsense. Yeah. Like, like types out like sentence fragments that just kind of, at one point it just ends with there, there, there. That was it. Yeah. They're, so, yeah. But they're basically so per- stalking somebody. This person was totally on the up and up, though. Yeah, totally legit. You can yep. tell by weird typewriter fragments. And then there was the the photo taking of the person and uh, the fact they had to select a specific knife while thinking about this person. Yeah, knife, knife scrying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you gotta get the right knife for the right job, you know. If you're gonna cut a roast, you're not gonna break out a paring knife. That's true. Yep. Or shouldn't at any rate. I just use a chef's knife for almost everything because I'm an animal. 
I use scissors for everything. <laughs> that is something I've never gotten into, like cutting up meat with scissors. I know they do that a lot, like in like Asian cooking. And I just, I, I can't, I don't know why. Like my brain just says scissors are not for meat. I don't know. Maybe because I like scissors are not for fingers. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta get on board with that kitchen shear lifestyle. Yeah. I don't know. It weirds me out. It really does. I, I'm not, I'm not going to deny. I can't, I don't know. And I've never spatchcocked anything because for the same reason, because like cutting through like the bones of things with the shears just seems really weird to me. Yeah, that's that's how I make chicken wings with scissors. Oh, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, I get it. It's a thing, but my brain just is like, no, scissors are not for thing or for, not for meat <laughs> or bones. I think it's because like in kindergarten, they're like, yeah, don't cut yourself with these scissors. And like, okay, so scissors are not for meat and bones. Okay, continue on for like fucking twenty years that way, and then they're like, oh no, you should cut this up with scissors. I'm like, no, no, you should not. <laughs> Don't let the man tell you how to use your scissors. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird digression, but that's the way my brain works. Is scissors are not for meat and bone. Eh. But, yeah. But, yeah, so, um, but, yeah, chef's knife's almost everything. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so we have the whole, like, there's a whole stalking, like, when I say stalking, I mean, like, taking pictures of this person they develop the photos they write number three on one of them uh i don't know and then is this when we get to uh the Birdman? well i mean the, like, the takeaway is that that they finish the job though yeah but they don't actually show any of it they're just kind of like impl- it's heavily implied yeah and then we meet the american American and Italian bird guy. And the American guy is living in uh, Italy, where I don't know where we are in Italy. Rome. Rome. Technically, it's Rome. Yeah, that's what it says in the description. It's I was in Rome last year, but that was 30 years after this movie was made. So Rome does not look the same. Uh, No, it was uh, like 60 but I thought this was 1970. Yeah. That's 50. Oh shit. (laughs) 50 years. I'm old. (laughs) Yeah. That's how numbers work. Oh, I can feel myself aging. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt Damon gif. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's all you have to do is type that out and it'll show up. Yeah, Matt Damon aging gift. That's where I'm at right now, folks. So 50 years later, I was in Rome. It did not look as much like this, that much like this room. Yeah. So almost half a century later. Yeah. Shockingly enough. Uh, Yeah. So a uh, writer, American is a writer mm-hmm. and he apparently wrote some kind of bird guide bird identification bird preservation bird hunting book yeah some kind of bird shit yeah some kind of bird book um for which he is getting paid uh and so his friend is like taking him to the i don't know the fucking whatever italian audubon society to to fucking 
get his uh his and the guy hands him a check. His friend's like, "Hey, you want to copy the book?" And he's like, "No, I got this." And he just rubs the check against itself, and I was like, "That's pretty funny. I kind of like that." <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it turns out he was a writer, and he wasn't been writing for a while. One of his friends told him he should go to Italy and bum around for a while. And the only reason he has money to make it back to to the United States now is because his friend got him this bird book writing gig. And he's got a British girlfriend who's a model who he's going to take back to the U.S. with him. Yeah. That tracks. I think I think that's the state of play, basically, for him at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And he's on his way home from yep. the whatever the fuck Audubon Society the Aud- is there. Yeah. I think it's ill Audubon Society. And he happens upon a, a art gallery of sorts. Mm-hmm. And he sees two figures struggling. One is white clad and one is black clad. Thought that was a nice visual, like, you know, good versus evil struggle. Yeah. And he tries to intervene, but gets stuck in, like, the weird robot doors. So, yeah, he, he there's, like, two sets of doors and I mean it's a fucking gallery so it's probably like it's meant to be like artistic but it's like you go enter on the left through the first set of doors the first opening and the second opening is like all the way on the right so you kind of have to like walk all the way but the second opening wasn't open so he couldn't get in and he sees like these two figures struggling the the lady in white gets stabbed in the guts the gutty works if you will uh, and the figure in black, like, walks two steps down the stairs, then just jumps off the side of the stairs, like, just basically drops, like, a whole fucking story, which my fucking 45-year-old niece just screamed out in pain <laughs> when it saw that. <laughs> and then, it, like, there's this, this fucking door built into the wall that, like, it just looks like marble paneling across, and they, but nope, one of them's a door, apparently, and they duck in through that door... And then they push a button which closes the the street entrance door in the little vestibule that writer guy is in. So he gets stuck there. And the lady who gets stabbed in the gut, he works, like comes down the stairs, wanders or staggers around a bit, doesn't drop a single fucking drop of blood on all this white marble that's all over the place like the floor the stairs the walls everything's like white marble and she doesn't like stain any of it with her blood until she finally collapses on the ground like stomach first and is like reaching out at the guy like help me and he's trying to like contact people on the street like through the glass vestibule doors and one guy is like I I can't hear. And the guy's like, just fucking call the police. Like, whatever. Like, trying to, like, do talk sign to the guy to to make him call the police. Eventually, the police get called, though. Yep. And uh, the inspector shows up. Yes. Uh, inspector Clouseau. Exactly. Yes. Uh, the writer guy's like, recounting the events he's insistent that it was weird though like nah man you don't get it like something was off about this whole thing but he can't figure out what it was exactly yeah uh the cops proceed to have the 
eyewitness follow them around a crime scene? That seems weird. Yeah. Also, like the paramedics show up and they're like, oh no, she'll be fine. Like it's just like literally they say it's just a flesh wound. Like it's not even a Monty Python bit. Like they say it's just a flesh wound. Um, and that she's fine. She's lost a little blood, but she'll be fine. And then her husband shows up and he's gets in the the ambulance the ambulance with her and uh they they head off and then yeah inspector clouseau is just brings uh author guy writer guy around the the places like trying to jog his memory as to what might have been off during it and he goes to touch the door and the inspector's like no <laughs> he's like no touch anything like just put your hands in your pockets because you won't be tempted that way because he wants to make sure I mean, he wants to be able to eliminate this guy as a suspect, I think is what it is. So if none of his prints show up in the gallery, then it's less likely the guy, because he doesn't, because the inspector's not 100% certain this guy didn't do it himself. So he's like, yeah, if your prints don't show up anywhere in the gallery, that's a, a, a strong sign that you weren't involved. So yeah, don't touch anything. He does, uh, Inspector Clouseau does find a bloody glove. He knows it's a bloody glove because he rubs the blood on himself. Well, he rubs, he takes the red, yeah, the red substance rubs it on the back of his hand. And he's like, that's blood. Yeah. Apparently, apparently you can tell this by rubbing it on the back of your hand. I don't know, like, if it's not blood, what, what happens? Like, does you like, does it, like, does a different color? I don't, I don't know how just rubbing it on yourself tells you, like, was it the, the viscosity of blood that, let him know it was it was that was a weird bit he's got a skin disorder where the ph on his skin is real weird so it acts like <laughs> luminol basically it's like litmus paper it's like skin turns blue you know it's not blood <laughs> yeah it's too it's, basic to be blood i have no idea what the ph of blood is but let's say seven i don't fucking let's, know let's google it because I, I run role-playing games, so I'm already on lists for Googling weird shit, like how much explosives to blow up a building. Uh, Good. Yeah. Uh, blood is 7.35 to 7.45, so actually it is slightly basic. Very slightly basic. Huh. Yeah. Good so if, if it was on litmus paper, it would actually turn slightly blue. Uh, Inspector Clouseau drags uh, the writer... To the police station where they interrogate him and take his passport. Yeah, he's like, hey, so uh, the guy's like, yeah, dude, can I, can I go? I gotta leave. Like, I have, a, I have a plane back to the U.S. like in a couple days. I got some shit I need to pack to wrap everything up, you know, all that stuff. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, can I see your passport? And he's like, yeah, sure, here's my passport. And like, oh, great. And then sticks it in the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you're not getting this back. So, and the guy's like, okay, well, I guess I need to go cancel my TWA flight now because TWA doesn't exist anymore. And we learned this is uh, connected to a string of murders. Yeah, emergency erdlers, Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of maniac on the loose. Yes, uh, there is a killer who has killed a shop girl. A lady of the night, a commercial sex worker, aka a commercial sex worker, and then one other person. I don't remember what they did. The third person was it a student? Yeah, they were a student. Sure. Yeah. So we have a shop girl, 
a commercial sex worker and a student. They were all killed in different places. Uh, um, I believe they maybe all were stabbed. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. So and but but the Inspector Clouseau is very specific as uh, to a lot of the details to the writer. I it's it's kind of shown in the movie that he basically he sees has the writer he sends the writer off to bird dog all of this basically like he doesn't actually think the writer did it but he thinks he can motivate the writer to dig into it yeah which is kind of weird yeah i don't know why you would assume that but the guy did and it, it turned out to be a proper assumption because movies yeah because movie yeah and he's uh heading home and gets yep. jumped. Well, and a lady, so he's walking down the street of Rome, walking down the sidewalk in Rome, you know, mind his own business, bopping along. This lady comes at him and says, stop, or like, wait, or duck, or so like, she yells at him in English. And so he like, like moves out of the way, and then someone swings a meat cleaver and hits a water pipe that was next to his head. Uh, and it starts spraying water everywhere, and the person runs, like grabs the grabs the cleaver and runs off. But like, how did that old lady know to yell in English? I mean, they're all speaking English. I guess did she did she yell in Italian? The guy just knew enough Italian to understand. I, I mean, literally everybody is speaking English, Troy. I understand. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess they just translated it. But in my head, she yelled at him in English for some unknown reason. Yeah, I mean, everybody's speaking English. Clouseau's speaking English. Yeah. I mean, if Horse Lanta was here, he wouldn't be speaking English, but he's not. No, he'd be speaking horse. Horses. <laughs> horse and knees. <laughs> with, a, with a southern accent. Yeah, for some reason. Well, because it's Horse Lanta. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. There we go. Uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, so he finally makes it home, immediately pours himself a glass of J&B scotch. There's J&B scotch all over this fucking movie. They love their J&B. I kind of want to go buy some just to try it and see how good or and or bad it is. I'm assuming bad, but I have not tried it. I think it's a blended scotch, so it's probably not great. I mean, blended scotches can taste fine. Like, that's the thing. Like, blending sometimes makes things better. Uh, okay. Uh, you I've know, never had it. I like, don't know. Like, goozes are blended lambics. Like, three, like a three-year, a two-year, and a one-year lambic blended together. Like, it's a thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah. So he pours himself a, a, a glass of J&B. Falls into bed with his girlfriend. She asks him how his day was. He tells her everything that happened. She kind of laughs about it. He's like, nah, really, that's what happened. And then they proceed to have sex to a metronome. Yeah. It helps you keep I say that. I say that because it, it's implied that they have sex very, through various shots, but also there's a metronome just ticking over the, the head of the bed for some fucking reason. Yeah, some people uh, think about baseball or whatever. 
Yeah, and a one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, or, I or if you're feeling frisky, young. one and a two and a three and a four and a one and a two and a three and a four and a <laughs> six. Those are sixteenth notes, Chris. Ah, oh. and a one and yeah. a two, and now I'm sad. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't. I, the, the metronome, for some reason, just fucking fix it. I fixated on it and I couldn't stop looking at it. Like, why is there a metronome ticking over the head of their bed? Does it help them sleep? Does it help them fuck? Why is it there? That's a fair question. <laughs> I mean, they certainly didn't have a piano. No, there was zero pianos in the in that in that bedroom. So I don't know. Things I was not meant to know, apparently. And then he heads back to the police station to inform them that he almost got meat cleavered. Yep. And I, is this when they go to the fucking computer lab? I think so. Which is uh, pretty great. The, the Honeywell 1420 or whatever it was. Yeah. It's some real, like... <laughs> crazy magnetic tape ass fucking mainframe bullshit. Oh, it made me so happy though. So they're like, okay, so we've taken like, we took your description, we fed it into the computer, and this is the they, they there was a, as Chris has corrected me to, an ANSI portrait printed ASCII. out of asterisks. It's ASCII, <laughs> not ANSI. A- ASCII, that's right. I keep saying ANSI for some fucking reason. ASCII, A-S-C-I-I, uh, it's all an asterisk, but it's like a, a little printout of like a what would be like a person in a trench coat, which was fucking hilarious <laughs> to me. That's so good. Like, here you go. The computer <laughs> made this totally fucking realistic depiction of the killer in fucking asterisks on a dot matrix printer. Like, amazing. It wasn't even, they didn't use like pipes and slashes or anything. It was just all asterisk. Oh, man. It, you might as well have so just draw, drawn a goddamn smiley face for all the fucking use it was. <laughs> yeah. But it also spit out some names of, like, potential suspects, like people who f- kind of fit the description who were already in the crime database for some whatever reason. And yeah. the fact that in 1970 it would have computerized any police records in Italy, like, blows my mind. Yeah, he knew a guy. He knew a guy yeah. thought it would look cool. That's how that that's how that scene happened. Huh. And then also they do the lineup of perverts for him. Bring in the perverts, they say. Yeah. <laughs> they literally say in this movie. Great line. Bring in the perverts. And so they feed like and it's like, oh, this, so this person is like a rapist. This person what would the, how do they describe what was the crime like like tarnishing the purity of like i don't of young girls or something like it wasn't like it, it wasn't like he was raping children yeah, it they was weren't like kid diddler no it was like oh he like tarnished the purity of young women and you're like you mean he he just rapes children is what you're saying right yeah he's a fucking shitbag pedo is that what you meant to say <laughs> Yeah, you said it weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then they bring out the the the, the person whose uh, alter ego is Ursula Andress, which made me fucking laugh. Because she's an actress. She's a blonde actress. She was in uh, Dr. No. Uh, she was also in Clash of the Titans as Aphrodite. Um, and the, but the person, and they're like, why, why? Like they're like, hey, Bob, or I'm sorry, uh, Roberto. Like, why did you put there? Like she, like he belongs with the the transvestites, not with the perverts. And Ursula's like, that's damn right. <laughs> and then like walks off. Yeah, surprisingly <laughs> woke for uh, 1970s <laughs> Italy. It was weird. It was so funny. It was just—it was just so random. You're like, "What? Yeah. Why?" It just the, the okay. whole like, "Thank you," and then she walks off. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like she was going to be a contestant on on RuPaul's Drag Race forty years later, apparently. <laughs> and. uh but they do find they do from the analysis of the glove, they do figure out that the the attacker uh, is left-handed because it's the left-hand glove and it is heavily worn. Uh, also, there's a bunch of nicotine stains and such on it, so that person smokes. And they they determine like uh, some kind of Havana cigars or cigarettes or whatever. Um on that and so uh uh what's his the but the writer decides to uh to go talk to the husband and the lady who was stabbed in the gallery uh they are the gallery owners um they did establish during the initial the during the initial attack that the gallery the lady was there doing the books and the gallery owner was there to pick her up, the, her husband, uh, when the attack happened. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so they so uh, Ryder goes to the uh, to their apartment and talks to the uh, the guy. He refuses to let the writer speak to his wife because apparently wives do not have autonomy uh, in 1970 Italy. And um, yeah, the the um, the writer tosses a pack of cigarettes to the guy and he catches him with his left hand, uh, which implies that he is both left-handed and a smoker as the glove found at the scene uh, implied. How does that imply he's a smoker? I was, I was wondering that they found, they found nicotine residue on there and somehow it matched some kind of like Cuban, either cigars or cigarettes. I said that while you were peeing, Chris, I wasn't peeing. I was doing other things. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to cover for you, but then you had to say something like that, and I had to out you. Um, but <laughs> they, uh, no, they they found uh, like tobacco ash or something on the the glove or something through nicotine stains. Well, I mean, just because the guy was left handed doesn't mean he smokes. Unless it were his cigarettes, I don't know. Well, no, the glove was left. Well, it was left handed because it was extra worn. Like so, they could, it, somehow they could tell it. So it was a left hand. He was left handed because left hand glove. It was more used. And then there was fucking like nicotine stains and stuff on it, so he had been smoking in it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's 1970, so everybody smokes. And and Europe, or yeah. Italy. I mean, if the guy didn't have a cigarette in one hand and a, and a fucking espresso in the other, it was even in Italy. 
Are you even Italian at that point? <laughs> I made I made espresso for myself twice today, but it was decaf espresso, so it was sad. Why why would you even do that? Why well, just to, to hear practice the machine make the noise? I I have a new espresso machine and I've been practicing making uh the best espresso I can. So if I do a decaf, I can taste a whole bunch of espresso and not shoot out of the top of my house. <sighs> or have a heart attack. Okay, well, that's that's better. <laughs> it's for my health. <laughs> I suppose. So. Eventually, I will work through all the decaf beans and then I will put full calf beans in there and I will have full calf espresso. Then but yeah. later in the yes. film uh the 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 killer is stalking people at a racetrack well he's taking pictures of a lady at a racetrack and she is kind of like like an attractive italian lady so you're like is that they gonna give the killer gonna try to kill her or have sex with her you're not sure yeah and then um, the the writer and his girlfriend are putting in research time because they now are invested. Yeah, yeah. The, the cops were right on their hunch that he was going to be a better detective than the goddamn police department. Right. Well, because you know he doesn't have a badge or a gun, so he can go. He can you know go places that the cops can't. He's already a loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> he does get results. Thank you, Chris, for picking up what I'm laying down. <laughs> and uh, their research leads them to uh, uh, I, the gay guy. So the shop owner. So the shop girl worked at an antique shop. And so he goes there. The writer goes there. And the shop owner is very aggressively German and gay. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, like he's like, oh, like you, you see, you have you like porcelain. It's a very, you have a very, a very good taste. And he's just kind of like getting up on the guy. You're like, okay, yeah, like if if this was like a straight dude with a woman, this would be very uncomfortable. And this is like a gay guy with a straight guy. That's also very uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, like, but the writer eventually gets the guy to stop thinking about the writer's penis and thinking about the, the, the girl who was murdered and apparently she had just sold a picture to someone. Uh, and the, uh, the, uh, shop owner has a photograph of the black and white photograph of the picture. Um, it's a very like, kind of like a Flemish, like Bruegel kind of artwork. Um, if anyone's familiar, I, for some goddamn reason in world history in like eighth grade, our teacher taught us about the, the work works of Bruegel, the Flemish painter. And that has stuck in my brain for some unknown reason. And, um, but anyway, yeah, so it's a nice like Flemish artwork of a dude stabbing a lady in a field. Or yeah. a, like a lawn of grass or something. It's weird. Yeah, it is quite weird. 
and uh, he takes it and puts it up in his. He tacks it up in his on his wall in his his apartment. I was like, "Fuck yes, he's gonna go fucking Pepe Silva on this shit," <laughs> and he does not. Yeah, disappointed. <laughs> there were zero red strings. There was no other stuff tacked up on the wall at any point. So that is why we've been referring to him as the writer and not Pepe <laughs> so far, because he does not go Pepe Silva on this, which made me very sad. I think I even in the chat, I was like, he's going to red string it. And then there was just zero red string. <laughs> yeah. There, so there were sad. a lot of leaps in the chat today. Oh, God, I was so, so angry that he didn't like make the fucking like fucking red string board with pictures and post in put in fucking index cards and all that shit ah he could have done it but he didn't he did not and his girlfriend's like that picture makes me feel weird yeah which you know fair enough it's a painting of a girl getting stabbed in a field i that's fair (laughs) yeah you know things that happen if I just came uh, home with that and slapped it up on the wall with some fucking thumbtacks, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why did you do that? Yeah, my wife would be like, that doesn't belong there. Yeah, that's not, like, that doesn't go in the living room. Put that in the basement or nowhere. Those are your two yeah. choices for some shit like that. Put it below the Final Fantasy VII poster. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, put it where I don't have to see it. <laughs> And uh yeah, and, but and so while they are snuggling into bed, uh we get the POV of the Murdidly Erdlerer um going into the stalking the lady from the racetrack and following her, like stalking her into her house, um who changes into a nighty and goes to bed, and then the stalker like pulls her panties off and then stabs her in the chest. It slits open her nightgown. Oh, it slits open her nightgown and then slashes her throat. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was really weird. Like it was kind of weirdly sexual, but weirdly not. Yeah. And, and like the, I think, and, and like the, the killer kind of has a very feminine frame. I think I think that's fair to say from those shots. Um, even though it might have been Dario Argento in those shots, maybe it, at least the any hand POV stuff was Dario Argento apparently, because Dario was like, "Look, I know what the hands are supposed to do, so I'm going to do them." Um, but the the ones with the killer's body in it, I'm not so sure. But uh, and so at this point, Chris and I were like, it's got to be the girlfriend because the girlfriend's the least likely suspect. Therefore, she is the most obvious suspect. Yeah. And how that's going to work, I have no idea, but it's got to be the girlfriend. Yeah, we were, we were both picking that vibe up at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, um, the Inspector Clouseau shows up at the apartment gets coffee from uh, the writer and the writer's like, so what's up? He's like, Oh, there's another, there's another emergently earlier. And the guy's like, really? And like, yep. And he's like, huh? And then they go back to the cop shop. Um, there's a phone call from the killer that happens to the inspector. Clouseau, um, who they record part of it. Um, 
He thinks Inspector Clouseau needs to go do a television uh, like announcement because the press has started to figure out that there's four dead women and maybe this is some kind of serial killer. Yeah. And so he does that and says, hey, you know, like we've had we have evidence that's going to lead us quick that that might very well might lead us to the killer soon. And then the killer calls afterwards and is like, you ain't got shit on me. Yeah. And the inspector Clouseau gives back the writer's passport. He's like, you know, yeah. you're basically we know it's not you. Yeah. So yeah. You it's kind of obvious. It's not you. <laughs> go ahead. Go back to the States. Like, live your life. We'll just let all these Italian women die without you, but go ahead and, you know, take your girlfriend, go off to the United States, have a happy life while all these, all these Italian women are dying. And, uh, but he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I think I'll stick around and do my own research and dig into this a little more. Yeah. And, uh, Inspector Clouseau is like, well, at the very least, I'll have a guy tail you, follow you, bodyguard it. <laughs> yeah. Um, does the phone call happen before or after the uh, the boxing council? Before, I think. The second phone call? Okay. The second, no, the so, second phone call is after. Okay. So, yeah. So, writer and model girlfriend are walking down the street. And she's like, that dude's been following us for like half an hour. And writer's like, I know. He's the cop who's assigned to watch us. And she's like, oh, okay. And then someone driving down the road like just plows through the cop and just like, it's like fucking GTA. Yeah. It hits the cop, takes out the cop, uh, starts chasing the, the couple, um, manages not to actually hit them with the car and then runs. And then they, so they run off. Um, they split up Uh, a guy gets out of the car in his bright fucking yellow jacket that says, like has like a big B and like a little C uh, on it and then pulls out like a gun and a silencer and starts chasing after the writer and shooting at him as he's running through the abandoned alleyways of Rome at whatever, 10 o'clock at night. And which I've been in Rome. Like you'd have to be there like at four in the morning for it to be that empty <laughs> at, that, at night. Like the fucking fucking alleyway roads alleyways whatever there's people there are people out like they don't eat dinner sometimes until like eight nine ten o'clock at night and then there's you know if you want to go to the club or whatever afterwards so the fact that it was that abandoned it had to be four in the morning yeah or something well we'll see we'll we'll see he is uh he runs Yellow Jack gives chase. Because he's going to eat him. Yeah, exactly. He ends up giving him the slip, but then getting behind him and starts tailing Yellow Jacket. Yep. Follows him to, uh, like, uh, like a hotel where they're Okay, Chris, a- Chris, Chris, Chris. You missed the entire bus yard. Yeah, sequence. who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> no, so okay, yeah, listeners. At, well, at some point, Yellow Jacket tra- traps Writer uh, in a uh, in a fucking like parking lot full of buses and tries to shoot him multiple times and fails. And then, 
And then we get to the hotel. Oh, yeah. See, if, without that entirely. Well, because there important. was something interesting, something exciting and action packed happened for a second in this movie. Chris. I, I guess that's true. He did turn on the bus headlights and freaked him out. Yeah. And it shot at him. The most dangerous looking part of this entire movie was he was running full steam and hopping over those. Uh, I, like, I don't know what the fuck they were. They were like some kind of braces that were holding something up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the dark. I was like, oh, he's going to hurt himself. Like, I couldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's because we are in our 40s and that guy was probably in his 30. <laughs> I'd have died if I would have tried to run full steam in the dark and hop over like oh, fucking God. railroad ties like that or whatever the fuck yeah. they were. I broke two ankles stepping eight inches off of a deck. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's where we're, that's, that's my state of play. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. This one time I sneezed and couldn't get off the couch for an hour and a half. <laughs> no shit. Uh, I'm we're old. Yeah. We ain't, we ain't no spring chickens, I guess. We're so old. <laughs> See aforementioned Matt Damon go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah uh, so he chases him into the hotel. Yeah. Where the guy goes to what apparently was a big meeting of the fucking boxing commission or boxing council. Yeah, as a boxing council convention. Apparently, this was a bunch of like ex prize fighters who were trying, basically trying to like form a union. I guess, according to the trivia, I, the trivia tells me so much that was not in this movie, and I don't know how much of it's real and how much of it's not. But it was like a bunch of like ex prize fighters who were basically trying to form a union for boxers to get themselves like things like healthcare. You know. Yeah, and the movie is just a bunch of dudes in yellow jackets with a big B and a little C, and they're all like, yeah. blah, blah, they, boxing. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about head shots and blah, 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 blah. Like CTE and blah, 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 blah. Say, absolutely, we're not talking about CTE in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even want to talk about that now. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like pro wrestling, you know, like I guess apparently the WWE, they will cover injuries that happen in the ring, but not outside the ring. So some dudes will hide injuries until they are in the ring so they can get covered for them. So they don't have to pay for their, them out of pocket. Yeah. Weird. If only there was some precedence where like stuff that happened in the ring could have long-term ramifications that lead to horrible, horrible consequences. If only that... Wait. When would that have ever happened to Chris Benoit? Yeah, if only there was some sort of <laughs> time that happened. Or, or Eddie Guerrero or anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. So maybe, so maybe this, maybe they're 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 the good guys of this whole movie. Is the beast is the uh, the boxing council? Yeah, they're, they're the good guys. They're the, they're the good guys in this movie. They're they're my top three favorite characters. Yeah, I mean, because you know. Guys who make a living punching each other's in the face, maybe there should be some healthcare involved. Just a thought. Weird. Yeah. So the next day, after all this nonsense, the cops are, you know, like, hey, that guy got got. Oops. 
The cops are real bad at everything in this movie. Uh, yeah, and Spectre Clouseau is not the best. And actually, at one point, I suspected him of being the killer, or at least associated with the killer, because he was so bad at his job. Um, but no, this is where we get Squirrely Guy, right? Well, first, uh, first he goes. The writer goes and visits the pimp guy with Tourette's. So long. Yeah, yeah. He, he says he like if he doesn't if he doesn't say so long at the end of the thing, it like it affects his stutter. But I'm pretty sure it's just he has like Tourette's. And he just has to say so long at the end of everything because that's the way his Tourette's works so long. Yeah, and basically his whole deal is uh, to pat out the movie and tell him to go talk to a uh, squirrely guy. Mm-hmm. Squirrely guy is, I guess, like. I don't know exactly an information broker of some sort. I guess he is a he is an information information broker guy who doesn't know anything, but then I'll tell you things. Yeah, he's like I don't know shit unless you give me a hundred, and then I still don't know shit. But then maybe go check I do. this out. Yeah, he's like I don't know shit, but maybe you should look at this. Then I don't know shit, but maybe you should go do that. Or maybe I don't know shit, but what about this guy? Yeah. So he shows he's up like, in the house. He's like if Columbo, if Columbo was an information broker, that's what this guy would be. And one more thing, I need some J and B and a hundred yeah. Italy bucks. No, uh, no, they need. He needs like a hundred thousand oh, lira. Yeah, a hundred thousand Italy bucks. Yeah, which man, how how like devalued was the lira in 1970 that like you could pay someone a hundred thousand of it, and you're like, yeah, here you go, fine. It's like a hundred thousand pesos back in like the nineties or something. Yeah, and he he says the writer's like, "Hey man, squirrel guy, I hear you know things." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know shit, but maybe if you gave me some money and some blended scotch, I would know things." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, here you go." And he just leaves. He's like, "Wait yeah. a second, what the fuck?" And he's yeah. like, "He's like, yeah. I have to go fight Galactus." Yeah, it's fun. He's like, "Yeah, I'll tell you tomorrow, or I won't. Whatever." Fucking later, dork. Yep. Uh, and is this when we get the phone call from the killer to the house, to the writer's house? Yeah. Somewhere in here. Yeah. Yeah. The So the killer calls and is like, you know, you need to like stop chasing me. Be a shame if you have like the beautiful, a beautiful girlfriend you have there. It'd be a shame if anything were to happen to her. Um, they're, they're, They start recording it. Uh, and so like the, they get the killer to talk for a little bit. They bring the according to the police. Uh, they do some very high tech oscilloscope analysis on it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it turns out that the, the call to the, to inspector Clouseau and the call to the, uh, the writer were probably from different people because of the decibel shift on their vowels. Yeah, it's some real like techno babble like, bullshit. There, I mean, because like one guy reversed the polarity on his reflector or his deflector dish, and the other person didn't. Yeah, there's too um, many tachyons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, but they do hear a weird noise in the background of the call to the writer, and the the Inspector Clouseau picks up on that very quickly, and they isolate it, and the Inspector Clouseau is like, I need. I need to find out what this is. Uh, you know, you know, is it like industrial? Is it organic? Like what, what's going on here? Like, what is this noise? This noise is what's going to break the case. Yeah. And that is when Ryder decides to go to rural Italy to track down the painter. First squirrely guy gets back to him. Oh yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. With the info. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay, the guy you're looking for, he's an ex-prize fighter. He lives in the fucking slums or whatever. Yeah. So he Go look for him here. Goes ahead to go find the guy. Heads over to his house shack. shack. Yep, with uh, pinups of himself and, um, well, p- pictures of himself pinned up, and then also pictures of scantily clad women. Yeah, I mean, it's his dream board his, or whatever. It was it was his Jack Shack. It's fine. Yeah, it's he probably plays place. board games in there too. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out that he's dead. Yeah, he's uh, stuffed up in a in a crawl space. <laughs> that uh writer finds and he's like, oh well, okay, well that is a literally a dead end. Uh then meanwhile, that evening back at the Hall of Justice. We see uh a young lady and her boyfriend. She leaves boyfriend to go home. She heads up the cool stairs. Oh yeah, the triangle, the triangle spiral stairs. <laughs> that remind me of the picture I put in the weird photos uh, thing, like earlier that day. Uh, that was happy coincidence. Thank you, Junji Ito. She heads up the stairs. the The lights go out part way up, but she's like, "Eh, whatever." Yeah, it's Italy. This happens. Yeah. Uh, gets into the elevator after she goes up the stairs for a while, like you do. We gotta take the stairs up to the elevator, obviously. And then gets slashed up by a straight razor, courtesy of, uh, Black Outfit. Yeah. And, like, it's the, the, it is not a very realistic use of a straight razor. Yeah. 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 That's fine. It's a movie. Whatever. Just going to call it out real quick. Yeah. And meanwhile... But she get, she gets murdered in the Erdlerd. That's yep. the, the important part. Then we're back at a writer and girlfriend's place. They're leaving this time for America. Nah, <coughs> nah for real, though. No. Not like that last fake time they went to America, but like for real this time. Like two days. We're out of here. Yep. We got a hold of TWA again. Is this when uh, his bird friend shows up? Yeah, pours himself a big old glass of J&B, available in yep. stores now. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I drank J&B was December 31st, 1999, and it was not intentionally. Uh, apparently, one of my friends was uh, refilling. I had a, I think I had vodka and orange juice in a glass. For New Year's, and he kept refilling it with this j- bottle of J and B as I was not paying attention. I, at one point, I drunkenly commented that it, this glass just seems to go on forever. <laughs> so I got really hammered off J and B and didn't realize it. Uh, the the going from 1999 into 2000, bringing in the millennium, right? Yep, I left before the New Year, I think, because I was fucking drunk and someone was willing to give people rides and i was like yeah i need to ride home because i'm fucked and that was when the house next door caught fire because someone shot fireworks uh at it and they bounced off the house into the trash can next to the house they caught the trash in the trash can on fire and let the house on fire and it burned down and i was i missed all that 
And, but one of my friends drunkenly told the the news station that he saw a giant and a midget shooting fire at the house. <laughs> or like two the, giants and a midget like you shooting fire at the house. And that made it onto local television. <laughs> local idiot. <laughs> yeah. Just... and, and he is now running for uh, Iowa, like the House Iowa House Representatives. <laughs> I will not name names because I that he's a good dude and it's a funny time, but I don't want to ruin his political ambitions because he's hey. a good dude and he probably should be in politics. Sometimes you think a giant or several giants set a house on fire. We've all been there. Two, gi- two giants and a midget. It could have been a pro wrestling event for all I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so, Andre the Giant. Big show and hornswoggle. They burnt that house down. <laughs> it's a bad it's a bad bit if hornswoggle's involved. Yeah, it's always a bad day when hornswoggle's involved. Yeah. That little bastard. No offense to Hornswoggle. He was just doing the best of what they gave him, but like Yeah. And I'm just quoting Michael Cole when I say that little bastard. <laughs> so anyway, back to America they go. Yep. But they have some nah. time to kill. Well, so anyway, so his his friend shows up, listens to the tape, and he's like, "There's something about that tape, not the not the voice or whatever, but the the that noise on, underneath of it. Like something about that sounds familiar. Can I can I take this tape?" And the guy's like, "Sure, I ain't got shit to do with it. The cop the cops have a copy of it, so yeah, go ahead, take a copy of the the recording." Yeah. So he does. And they're, uh, <laughs> before he takes the copy of the recording, they decide that they're going to bang it out with him in the room. Like, for real, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you gotta just, yeah, when that when the spirit moves you, Chris. <laughs> I guess. You probably could have yeah. just been like, hey, uh, can you go now? I mean, SHP con might get a little uncomfortable for you, Chris, but that's the when the spirit moves you. It was going to, no matter what happens. But <laughs> social interaction. Ah! So, in the middle of uh, the throes of passion, he's like, "Fuck! I gotta go talk to the guy that made that painting." Yeah, and she's like, "What?" Uh, and he's like. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna throw flowers at you. He's like, oh, that's funny. She's like, no, I'm gonna throw this fucking vase at you now, you asshole. Yeah, and he still seems unfazed. He's like, okay, love you, bye. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. And so, yeah, so he runs off to rural Italy to go find the painter of the painting. Uh, It's not gonna be Peter Paul Bruegels, apparently. No. Um. Is this when okay? So he shows up there. Uh huh. The guy's like the Lorax, where you can only reach him via bucket and or ladder. That's real fucking weird. Yeah, the guy's like, oh no, I sealed up all the lower entrances because I got cats, and so and and I only want people I want to approach me to approach me. So here, let me throw this ladder down. Guy climbs up the ladder, talks to him. About, guys, apparently in a spiritual phase right now. And they're like, what does that mean? He's like. I'm painting spiritual shit. That's what that means. 
<laughs> and uh, and then and the guy's like, well, but what about this that painting of the girl getting stabbed in the field? And he's like, well, why don't we have dinner about it first? And pours him some Chianti, feeds him some food. The guy's like, yeah, it's not pretty. It's pretty good food. Whatever. You know, it's rustic Italian food. It can be tasty. It can be tripe, but tasty. Um, and uh, and he's like, yeah, let me, let me, I'll, I'll, find, I'll tell you about this painting. So that was actually something that happened like 10 years ago. This guy was trying to stab this girl. I broke it up and kept her from being killed. And so I decided to paint about it to work through it. And the guy's like, oh, that's interesting. He's like, here, let me get you a... Let me get you a rare, like an old one of my old paintings. It's very rare, and I'm like, well, yeah, all of your paintings are probably one-offs, so they're all just as rare as any other one that you did. But um, as he's getting a painting out, a cat gets out of the room. He's like, close the door before the cat gets out. So he closes the door. Well, shutters the shutters to the the opening that the ladder goes through. And the guy's like, why are you so worried about the cat? He's like, well, because I, you know, because he got out. I got to keep him in cages because, you know, the less they move, the fatter they get. The fatter they get, the better they taste. The guy's like, what? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. Like, I eat cats. And the guy's like, oh, I've never had a cat before. And the guy's like, haven't you? Yeah, but haven't you? <laughs> it's really it's, yeah. weird out of absolutely nowhere. This dude just <laughs> eats cats. Yeah. I mean. They're a renewable resource, I guess. Yeah. And technically, I'm allergic to their saliva, not their, like, meat. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't want to, I, mean, I don't want to eat cats. I don't want to eat dogs. I, I think anything that I, that I would keep as a pet, I don't want to eat. I would never keep a chicken or a cow as a pet. So I'm okay with that. But yeah. Yeah, cats and dogs, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat gerbils or hamsters or guinea pigs or anything like that. Yeah. It's my personal preference. It's fine. I mean, other people do. Great. Whatever. I mean, I eat meat and other people don't, so that's fine. I mean, that's the that's the way the world works. I just... It's even weirder that he made his own, like, factory farm for the cats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, They're oh, not I even mean, free-range like, cats. Yeah, they're not free range cats at all. They are definitely uh <laughs> they're not, they're not grass fed free range cats. <laughs> no. But I get and I wouldn't even say the guy couldn't have a mouse problem because the, the the cats are in cages, so they don't even get to roam the place to kill any mice that might be there. That place definitely had mice. Oh yeah. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. That's not a reason I would consider getting a cat was to get rid of the mice. But uh, writer guy leaves because, I mean, the situation, obviously, I would also yeah. excuse myself out the window immediately. The, the guy tries to sell him the painting for 200,000 lira, and then 150,000 lira, then 100,000 lira, then 50,000 lira, and then just throws the fucking painting out after the guy, after he leaves. Which, I mean, that's... That's a steal because he paid a guy a hundred thousand lira to like maybe tell him something or not earlier, right? And the guy just like fuck it and just chucks the fuck. Oh, he got it for free if he if he picked it up. But yeah, we don't so know he, if he picked it up. But yeah, so he goes to the train station. 
calls his girlfriend is like, yeah, I'm going to be late because there's a train strike going on. So apparently the train strike only inconveniences them by like an hour. Uh, we have a we have a bus driver strike going on right now in my county, and none of the buses are running. Like that's just there's just no buses. Like for an hour or no at all. <laughs> not even for an. It's not a delay. It is just a stoppage of service. Good. I hope they get what they're after. I hope they get. I, I hope they get good. I hope they get what they deserve too. Like I mean, I want them to get paid as much as they can. Because you know it's. I mean, I pay I pay property tax to my county, and I don't have any kids in school. If more need more of my money needs to go to fucking bus drivers, great, they deserve it. More of my money needs to go to teachers, great, they deserve it. Does anybody but county officials, basically? <laughs> yeah, but I love my I love my county employees. They they all do a wonderful job. Just in case I've never had listen. a. I've never had a complaint with my county and my county government employees at all. That's true. So keep keep up the good work. Get paid more money. Uh, he does um, tell his girlfriend though to like lock the doors. If anything weird happens, call uh, Inspector Clouseau immediately. Yep. And apparently there was a weird sound while he was on his end while he was calling the the girlfriend, but it was not the sound from the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Because Chris sound. thought he heard something. I did. Yeah, but it was not that thing. I was fully, uh, I was fully in murder mystery mode at that point. That's I great. Jumping That's in shadows. Yeah, you were like a mysterious package company levels of things. That's great. That was a real Beaker and Hope situation. Yep. Speaking, they were going full packages. Poirot on it. Breaking and Hope is that what you said? Yeah. Is okay. That- good. Yeah. That's from Magnus Archives. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The Stranger. Yeah. Um oh I get I get new Magnus Protocol or Scrotocol as I call it on uh Tuesday. I'm excited. Cause I backed the Kickstarter. Um so oddly enough, the girlfriend is uh terrorized by the killer. Yeah. But she has like the door locked. The killer tries to open the door. She like fucking like double, triple padlocks it, like dead bolts it, puts the fucking like bolt up into the the upper door jam and the lower into the floor, puts a fucking credenza in front of the door. Like I was like, this girl is doing everything smart. Yeah. Like she tries to she tries to call the cops, but the killer cuts the phone line. Okay. Killer cuts the power to the to the apartment. Okay, like not much you can do about that. Uh, she tries to go out the bathroom window, but there's bars across the bathroom window, which I'm pretty sure is not up to code. Um, I did think it was kind of funny that she didn't know there were bars in the window in the bathroom of the place that she lived. Yeah, I mean, I have an egress window in my my ensuite, and I'm pretty sure I would not fit out my my egress window of my ensuite, like. Just my shoulders are like one and a half times the size of the egress window. I mean, maybe if I put my hands up above my head as as much as I could, I could wiggle out. I I don't know. I am I'm not a small person. <laughs> I mean, if your house was like on fire or whatever, you'd figure it out. I would try. 
I may die. I may die there like half in and half out, but I would try for a hundred percent. I might also just try to rip the entire window out and then wiggle out through the entire space instead of just the half space that like my little egress window opens. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what I would do is just do a little uh, DIY, just remove the entire window and try to wriggle out that way. I should fit that way. Hell yeah. Uh, But I mean, I think about these things, you know, I don't know. Do you do that when... Like, that's why I don't leave my dryer running when I, like, I leave home. Not because I want my house burning down, but I have my dog in his crate while my, you know, when I'm gone. I don't want him trapped in the crate while the house is burning down. That's the worst possible thing I can imagine. (laughs) If my house burns down, that's fine. If my dog is trapped inside the house while it's burning down, that is the worst thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, so basically my dog is what keeps me from running the dryer while I'm gone. I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody's dog, not even Link. No, <laughs> you like Link. You, you. How many wooden swords have you given to Link? I begrudgingly accept Link. <laughs> I mean, just tell him it's dangerous to go alone, and give him a, like a sword and a shield. It is. It is dangerous for him to go alone anywhere because he's an idiot <laughs> and would die almost immediately without somebody supervising him. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of want to meet Link. When am I going out there for Slaughterhouse Princess Con? But also, I probably don't want to meet Link. Oh, you'll meet Link. I want to meet Toby. 100% want to meet Toby. Yeah, Toby's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Link will just probably bark at me and be like, growl at me and be like, I will kill you if you get anywhere near me. Oh, he will definitely do it. There's not a That's not a possible outcome of that event. If he doesn't, I will be... <laughs> fucking shocked <laughs> you'd be like holy cry holy cow you are the the canine messiah apparently <laughs> yeah yeah i'm good with dogs i don't think i'm that good with dogs he barks at the horse and the horse has been coming to my house pretty consistently <laughs> since i've lived here and had link yeah but he's really tall though which can be kind of freaking to a dog it, you know, link is very short yeah, I'm only six. I mean, I'm six foot, which is not that short, but compared to Horse Lanta, I'm short. <laughs> also, are true. we gonna like? Are we all three gonna sit on that couch together? Yeah. Who's 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 stuck in the middle? <clears throat> who's? Yeah, that, that's the question. Who's stuck in the middle? It depends. It depends on how I mean, drunk be, we are. I mean. <clears throat> Normally, you're on the you're as I view it, you're on the right. Horse Lanta is on the left, which means I I the middle is unclaimed, which means it's it's me, right? I mean, Matt's usually in the middle, but well, yeah, lately, but um, I mean, if he wants to show up for Slaughter Princess Con uh, the weekend of April eighth, that would be amazing. I I'm not planning on it, <laughs> so I might see the Matt stand in. I've got one of those. It, well, you do, but I might replace the mat stand-in. I don't have a dwarves shirt, however. Unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I will wear the Mario hat, though, as long as there's no like head lice in it. Uh, no lice. Possible spiders. I'm okay with spiders. There's definitely been spiders more than one time when I put on the hat. <laughs> I'll shake the spiders out first. You can't. That's, That's a rule. Well, that's what Taylor Swift says. You just gotta shake him out. Nope. Mario hat, you gotta go. Spiders and all, man. Okay. Can't just get a lighter and kind of like... It's run the it up price you pay bit. for the Mario hat. 
That's fine. That's why I don't wear it all the time because it's scary. Because <laughs> the spiders. It's so full of spiders. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, she does survive the night, however, by barricading herself in the apartment every which way she can. And I was super impressed that the girlfriend did that. Also, apparently the girlfriend's not the killer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we can eliminate her. Which is great, but I was kind of sad that our theory had been debunked. And to be fair, we both openly admitted our theory had zero actual merit when we made Other the theory. To, it's just like, that's what I do with like Agatha Christie like novels. You just pick the person who's least likely to be the killer, and it's almost always the killer. Yeah, it's just like, like the first person to be introduced after the murderer is not the murderer. I mean, the murderly erdler, the murderly erdler is not the murderly erdlerer. Yes, I got, yeah. That I tracks. mean, it's like Maggie. Like Maggie is the least likely to be the killer, so therefore Maggie is the killer. Yeah, probably. But wasn't she in uh, the Simpsons? Didn't she shoot Mr. Burns? Yeah, yeah. Maggie exactly. Simpson. Exactly. Because from his point of view, it looked like WS, but from Mr. Burns' point of view, it was MS. There you go. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yeah, so she survives. However, um, as suspicious as it was, the writer's friend, the bird guy, contacts him and says, hey, uh, that that weird noise on the tape, I know what that is. That's this weird Russian bird that has, like, its feathers are, like, translucent, so they're kind of like, they look like crystals. Uh, and there's only one, they've only been able to, to keep one alive anywhere in Italy, and that is in the, the zoo in Rome. And... It turns out that the people whose apartment overlooks the zoo is the gallery owner and his wife. I just want to point out real quick, everything about the description of the bird is wrong. Is it? Uh, Nothing is translucent about the feathers on that bird. I am pretty sure that is not a rare bird. What kind of bird is it? What, What did they say the bird was? It's some made-up bullshit that only lived in Siberia or something. Well, yes. That's like some kind like, of... I, that is not a rare Siberian... I don't know. It's rare anywhere but Siberia. And also, like, polar bear hair is translucent, but they end up looking white when you look at them. I mean, I'm just saying. That's uh, fine. It, there is enough... Art- I can give them enough artistic license for this. I refuse. Yes. Okay, so you're going to go... How much stench damage are you going to take then, Chris? All. Yeah, that's a... Wow, that is a very specific Kingdom of Loathing joke. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Obopolis. <laughs> a weird, a weird poll, but... Yeah. Well, you say I refuse. That's literally the name of the adventure where you pick up a bunch of stuff is called I Refuse. Yeah. Or I Refuse. I Refuse. Yeah, I'm uh, just saying movies aren't art. No, so therefore no artistic movies, license is given. Movies are not art. <laughs> yeah, I decided I'm, to make a hill to die on that is completely stupid. <laughs> just in wow. the middle of all this, 
I thought in the middle of this Argento film, noted for his (laughs) not artistic anything, I would make that weird statement. Okay, listeners, just want to note the fact that Chris has said that movies are not art. (laughs) Yeah, says the man who's done a podcast about movies for a decade. Oh, yeah. And I've only done it for, I don't know, like 10 10 years. Yeah, movies aren't art. (laughs) You've done it like a decade, like 11 years or something at this point, right, Chris? Um, Sure, that sounds right. Probably, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Somewhere on there, at least eleven years. I'm I'm only at ten because I started like episode fifty two. It's ridiculous. Orphan. We need to do Orphan two at some point to. Maybe that'll be my last episode. That'll be my last episode. Is Orphan two? <laughs> when Troy's done, it'll be Orphan two, and then we'll have to bring in Troy Bot because he's done. Yep, I, Christian, you're gonna have to work on that. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um. So yeah, so they go to the uh, the gallery owners flat they hear a a kerfuffle up there yeah and they open the door and uh it looks like the the gallery owner is trying to stab his wife but also i thought something looked weird at this point i thought maybe the gallery's owner's wife was trying to stab the gallery owner yeah and so they they interrupt that um the gallery owner ends up stumbling out the window and they hold on to him. He's like, save me, but they can't hold on because he weighs at least a hundred pounds. If not, I mean, he weighs like a hundred and some pounds and like, it's hard for someone to hold on to a hundred pounds for any length of time. Yeah. Especially two people. Yeah. And he ends up falling. It's kind of a gnarly shot falling. Cause it's like a POV shot. Pretty good. Um, and he lands on the ground. They all race downstairs. And he's like, it was me. I killed the women. Yeah. And they're like, well, case closed. And then uh, Ryder's like, wait, where's my girlfriend? And um because she should i mean she has she i would have figured she would have followed me but she is not here so he starts going through rome asking people they've seen a lady with blonde hair and a gray trench coat and he manages to follow her to a place mm-hmm. i don't remember where chris yeah it was me, just buddy. it was someplace i don't know the guy okay. sweeping up leaves with a shovel told him I mean, shoveling up leaves with a shovel. No, he had a broom too. A broom and a shovel. It seems like right. an ineffective way to do that, but what do I know? It's how they do it in Rome, maybe fifty years ago. It's, a, it's better than a gas-powered leaf blower. Back in Rome, fifty years ago, they only had shovels. <laughs> Fucking gas-powered leaf blowers. Yeah. Yo, fuck. They're so annoying. <laughs> 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 okay. That's what they sound like. They just sound like this. Like, oh, you, like you angered up the noise uh, cancellation with that. Oh, it, did it pick? Did it cancel me? I have it turned off. <laughs> yep. Fuck. I don't. Fucking thing. Fucking thing. Uh. Anyway, no. It makes a very gas-powered leaf blowers make a very loud, very annoying noise, and I'm glad that they didn't have those in 1970 Rome. So he, he 
makes his way into the building. Heads into a apartment, I think. It's unclear. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's so yeah, so he makes his way to it's an apartment. It's an apartment we've seen before when we have only seen the hands and arms of the killer in the black gloves and black plastic trench coat. Um, there is the painting. The painting from the shop is up on the wall. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Shit's serious now. Um, his girlfriend is tied up on the floor where he can't see her because the killer cuts the electricity to the apartment. Yeah. And his girlfriend is also is like gagged, so she can't like really make any noise to alert her boyfriend, the writer, what is going on. And he sees uh his bird friend in the chair holding a knife. Yeah, he's like, Oh fuck, you're the one? And then the guy just kind of tips over dead because there's a knife in his back. Yeah, and then the actual killer shows up. And who's the actual killer, Chris? Let us all know. It is the gallery owner's wife. Right. Because the weird thing that the writer noticed at the beginning that he could not figure out was that the gallery, the wife was trying to stab the person in black with a knife, not vice versa. Yeah. She uh, basically laughs all weird and <laughs> runs off, locks him in, yep. which is funny to me. I don't know why. <clears throat> he chases her back to the gallery. She Where drops she... the the pokey <clears throat> fucking wall statue on him. The wall statue, which was earlier described as the the best piece of cosmic art ever created, which made me think of cosmic horror. Like, so I, I felt like it was like Lovecraftian artwork, like yeah, in ch- giant. Like fucking wall form. Check out my sick ass Cthulhu wall. My dog Sawgoth wall art. Full of spikes. Uh, She drops it on him. And by on him, I mean like over him. It doesn't really seem to be on him. Well, it lands on him, but he doesn't manage to get spiked by any of the spikes for his, you know, to his benefit. Yeah. And then she goes, uh, she goes to finish the job. But then out of nowhere, Inspector Clouseau with the save judo chops her ass right in the neck judo chop yeah cause apparently his girl the writer's girlfriend had managed to break herself free and call from the apartment after uh, the killer and her boyfriend had left the yeah for, for a brief moment you're thinking to yourself hey maybe Inspector Clouseau isn't a completely incompetent asshole but no it turns out somebody else told him to be there yep Judo chop, but he does have a mean judo chop. Hey, he did. He did judo chop that lady right in the neck. <laughs> and then they they pull him out from under the thing. And uh, the day is saved. Yeah, he goes home. Doctor Exposition shows up on the Italian news and explains the plot of the film. Yeah, because well, apparently she was. What was the description? I don't have my phone on me. Um, oh, actually, I do have my phone. They described her as being. Hold on. Uh, da, da, vamp, 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 while I load up stuff. So oh, movies hopelessly are insane. Yeah, she was quote-unquote hopelessly insane because it turns out that she was the girl who was 10 years ago was stabbed 
by the person in the field that the uh, that the painter had interrupted and then painted about later. Yeah. So, but instead of identifying as a victim, she she apparently identified as the killer. And so she went on her own killing spree to start killing young ladies, much like the killer who attempted to kill her did. Yeah. And I use killer because it's so much easier than saying murder the murderer. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. And then they, they fly back to America. With a nun. Yes, for some reason. Yep, there's a they have a they have like a fucking cabin? Or like it's like it's like when you're on a train up in Europe and there's like a table and there's two people on one side and two people on the other. And like so you have the writer and his model girlfriend on one side and there's a nun on the other side. I didn't know that was a thing in planes. I mean, maybe 50 years ago in Italian planes or TWIA flights. I don't know. Yep. Trans World Airlines. Um, but yeah, that's how this movie ends is them flying back to the United States happily ever after. Yeah. So, Chris, what did you think of this movie? It's not bad. I think uh, it's like a lot of things of this vintage. This is got released in seventies, so it probably shot late sixties. Uh it has that pacing, right? Like there's a very specific pacing that happens in the late sixties to like the early to mid seventies where it's real slow. Like real slow. Was it but slow, Chris? It was real slow. Like just kinda slow? Like very slow. Like like molasses in winter slow? Like horse Lana picking up a cultural reference slow. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Like okay, very slow. Yeah, okay. But it's it's fun. It's a fun little murder mystery. Like we had a good time, I think, guessing and saying, no, did was that a thing? Is that a clue? It was fun. I mean it's not my my Argento I like my Argento a little more Suspiria and a little uh, less uh, murder mystery, personally. I like the dreamy shit a little more, like the, the surrealist kind of stuff. But this is totally fine. It's worth watching. If you want something a little different, not the uh, usual fare, maybe, of your more modern kind of thrillery murder mystery stuff, I mean, it, any murder mystery that engages you enough to go, oh, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So can't say I wasn't engaged with it. I was guessing. I was making making leaps. Is it art? No, because movies aren't art. <laughs> That's wow. That is such. A <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know why I'm continuing wow. to make this bad argument. <laughs> But here I am. Okay. Next up, Chris saying paintings are not art. Yeah. Here, here's why art is dumb. Because art's not art. That's why it's dumb. Yeah. But no, you should you should give it a go. It's on Tubi, as all good things are. So it's not like you'll be out anything, aside from a couple of ad breaks. It's also on Amazon Prime if you have Prime. And, you know, it's a tight, like, hour and a half. Like a reasonable length. 
it's a normal movie length time. Yeah, not like now where every movie inexplicably is two to three hours. For some reason. Yeah. But yeah, give it a go. It's fun. It's a fun little murder mystery shot. It has a... It... I think... It doesn't feel super Argento-y because this is kind of his first, like, solo directorial thing, yeah. so... It's, supposedly it kicks off the whole Giallo movement. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, give it a go. What do you say, Troy? I really like this movie. I love murder mysteries. I have... Or, sorry, murder the earther mysteries. Ever since I was a kid, I've been a big, like, Encyclopedia Brown... I get the Christie, like I, I, you know, I've been watching Murder She Wrote lately because also Murder, Murder the Earther Mysteries. I love me a good Murder the Earther mystery, so uh, I'd say watch this movie. It, it is very Italian in the best ways possible. Um, I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed trying to guess who the killer was. I think I. Picked up a little bit quicker than Chris on the 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 ending where I was like wondering like who was trying to kill who in the apartment when they went after the after they figured out where the bird was from. Um, but then the guy said, "Hey, no, it was me the whole time." I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe I was wrong there." But turns out I wasn't. Um, I I don't know. It was just it was this was a fun movie. I I think it's very good. Thank you, Kylie, for suggesting it. I really I really enjoyed it. I think other people should watch it. I I think more people should watch uh, Murder the Earther Mysteries. They're always good. Uh, including, you know, like, you know, like watch the Glass Onion, Knives Out, that kind of stuff. It's always fun. That uh, kind of felt like that to me, only more Italian. Uh, so what are we watching next week, Chris? We're watching Dark Harvest, I think. Yes, that's suggested to us by Princess Steph because she has not suggested anything to us in a while. So it gets kicked to the front. That's the way things work. Um, so, yeah, we'll watch that. I believe the uh, horror show Hot Doggies have watched it recently, and I remember the episode. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be interesting. I, I look forward to hearing what you think about it. What you think about it, Chris. It's not art. It's because it's a movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously movies are not art. Uh, clearly. <laughs> So what if other people want to request non-artistic movies? How would they do that? <laughs> well, they could reach out to us on Facebook because we're Slaughterhouse Princess there. They could go to X, where we are Slaughterhouse Prince or Slaughter Prince, which is just Princess with no owls and princess. But I'm pretty sure that bot does not work anymore. Nah. So they probably won't see it. Um, it did. You could probably you could probably go to r slash uh, sh r slash SHP podcast and put a post there. I'm pretty sure I'll still see that as a moderator. Um, otherwise, go to our Discord at discord.slarspinces.com and go to the hashtag movie requests channel and request the movie there, much like uh, Princess Steph did, I think, today with Dark Harvest. So she is getting almost the fastest turnaround possible on a movie with us. And, uh, that's how you can suggest movies to us if you want to. Oh, I'm sorry. There is one more. That is our email, which is slaughterspincesspodcast at gmail.com, which I think is probably the longest email address Gmail allows. 
And uh, if, you, if you want to support us in other ways, you can go to store.sarchmits.com or patreon.sarchmits.com and reach us and uh, give us money there or buy merch in the, in the first case. Uh, you can get yourself a comically large uh, tapestry, of which there are at least two in existence. You may be the third. Um, and uh, again, the uh, the weekend of April... Uh, come on, calendar, pop up for me, please. Why do? Why is it so hard to pull up a calendar in this fucking? Uh, I'm sorry. The weekend. I don't care. Uh, the weekend of April. Uh, sixth. The weekend of April sixth. We will have a quote unquote SHP con. Uh, which is, uh, I am heading out to Ohio with my wife to go see the eclipse on the 8th, which is the Monday. But we will be hanging out on the 6th for Saturday, the Sunday, the 7th. We will watch a movie. I believe it has already been. Should I reveal the movie, Chris? Mm, sure. Yeah, we'll be watching Basket Case on April 7th, and then we'll have a podcast about it afterwards. Anybody who is there is is probably going to be invited on a mic, because why not? I mean, you're there. Have some fun. Be on the mic with us. Um, if you would like details on it, reach out to either me or Chris uh, via the Discord. It's probably the best way to do it. Just, hell, if you need, if you need information... Just post on the general channel in our Discord and be like, "Help! What do I do?" Uh, and we'll we'll point you the right direction. Um, I it will be uh, you know if it's if it's just us the uh, the the podcasters on Slaughter Slaughterous Princess that'll be great. Uh, and if anyone else, if any of our listeners show up, that would be amazing. It will be above and beyond anything I expect. So um, that's that, Chris. Mm-hmm. So come back next time for Dark whatever the fuck it was. Dark Harvest, as suggested by Princess Steph. Yeah. And what their podcasts think about so long movies. We'll drink about so long movies. So long. Bye. So long. Enhance. Enhance. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I just want to enhance this motherfucker.